Welcome, everybody. Week nine of the Home Dogs podcast. What a week for home dogs. What a week for these home dogs. What a week for home dogs in the NFL. What a great week for home dogs everywhere. We finally did it. Mike, Mark, and Travis went 5-0 and in week eight in the Westgate Super Contest, and we are cooking. We're cooking now. We're now 23-15-2 on the season. That's a 60.5% clip. We are just half a point out of the top 100 in the money. We are in 124th place. Now, I was talking about home dogs. Home dogs are 5-1 against the spread in week eight. Three of those won outright. Miami, Denver, Cincinnati. Underdogs overall, 10-4 and four in week eight. Seven of those won outright. Mark, when you hear those numbers, does it make you want to keep riding underdogs and home dogs? Or do you think this is going to flip now that the public kind of got beat up this past weekend? Yeah, I still want to ride them, but I think we got to be a little bit reticent. Um, you know, it, it, obviously things are going to flip back at some point, but I think for the most part of this season, the books have been doing pretty well. So I think we were due for a week like that where everything kind of regressed towards, uh, you know, the, the home dogs kind of coming on top. But I, I think it'll definitely flip back and forth again. It's just trying to time it right. As I said, we went five and zero. We hadn't done it in a while. We didn't do it at all last season, and we needed it. But uh, it wasn't the, the prettiest 5-0. and The 1 o'clock hour was glorious. We had nice, easy covers with the Colts, the Raiders, the Dolphins, which is kind of a fluky game, but that game was pretty in hand by, by 2.30 in the witching hour. But late at 4 o'clock, Chicago game was a grind. It was a tough watch. And then at night, we had the Eagles over the Cowboys. Trav texted both of us and said, I feel dirty after that Eagles cover getting us the 5-0. and Trav, how are you feeling about it right now? Uh, well, you know, the proof is in the pudding. So you take the point and you don't look back. That's great. You know, this was a great weekend for us, but I look back over the last four weeks, I think we're 15, four and one, if my math is right, uh, over the last four weeks. So, you know, we kind of treaded water early in the year. I think Mark on our first podcast, you said, you know, you got to just kind of keep it going and then try and squeeze out a couple of four and one, five and a weeks, and that'll put you right in the mix. And so far that's what's going on. So we got to try and keep it going. It's a tough week. I mean, I know you guys talked about the home dogs, a couple of minutes ago, you know, there's a couple on the board this week, but they are some really, really horrible teams. So whether we like it or not, it may be a good weekend to try and uh, steer clear of them and, and head back the other way. Yeah, I was thinking after we go 5-0, and I'm like, oh, I got this league down. And then I started breaking down all these games and very few strong likes, very few circles on my board. So let's go through it all. As always, we've got to pick five games. Last two weeks, this uh, new format has been working out just great for us. We're just going around, rattling off which games we like one by one, and then kind of stating our case that way. So I'm going to start out with my favorite play of the weekend, and that is the Los Angeles Chargers. Pick them at home in the contest against the Raiders. This line opened at Chargers by three. It's been bet down because there's a ton of Raiders bets and money coming in. 61% of the Raiders bets are going that direction, and then 87% of the money is in the Raiders' direction as well. A lot of people loving Las Vegas after that win at Cleveland, which is kind of an ugly game, and I feel like the Raiders are just one of those teams that we've kind of felt good about along the season. We took them against the Chiefs, they covered, took them against the Browns, and they covered. We almost went against them at home against Buffalo and uh, and won that one there. What do you guys think about back in the Chargers here off of terrible loss in Denver? Mark, we'll start with you. Yeah, I had this game circled as well. I was kind of just surprised it's one and a half. I mean, I feel like these teams are pretty even. Um, and I know pick them in the, it's pick them in the contest. Oh, it's pick them. In the, oh, my God. Okay. It's crazy. It's one uh, everywhere else. You are right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like it just should be a standard LAC by three. Um, I know Los Angeles hasn't had historically a good home field advantage, but um, to me, these, seem, these teams seem pretty even. I'm looking at the DVOA, Los Angeles is 19th, uh, Las Vegas is 24th. I do want to note that the Raiders did sweep the, the series last year, um, but I think both games were pretty close. But I, I would also lean towards the Chargers. I like them. Yeah, I think I would lean towards the Chargers, too. You know, I like them off a loss in Vegas, you know, coming off a decent win in the elements against Cleveland. So I, I like that part of it. I mean, all the trends favor the Raiders in the game. I mean, I think the Raiders are the better team, but there is value here on the Chargers. I keep it in the mix. I don't think I'm as excited about it maybe as you guys are. You know, Mark, you mentioned the Raiders won both games last year. The Chargers feel snake bitten. They play these close games, you know, so they're getting a couple of points. I know, you know, you don't want to push your luck because I feel like there's already a little bit of value here. If they're getting some points, I feel really good about it, but they still got to win this game outright. And that's something they've really struggled to do. I think they're something like four and 13 or something in one score games in the last two years. So it's not something they've been able to do. I don't think they're going to blow out the Raiders. So it's going to be close. They don't win those types of games. They have to in this case if you take them. So I certainly intrigued. Want to keep them in the mix, but I think I need to do a little bit more work on it. Do you guys think Anthony Lynn? I'm curious. How many games do you guys think he has to win to keep his job? So right now, so, they, they have two wins, I think, or one win. Yeah, they're two. Two, two wins. wins. Yeah. I mean, two and five. They have lost four games this year where they've led by 16 points. I think he lost three games in a row this year, leading by 16 or more, and that was an yep. NFL record. So, yep. but four overall. I mean, that's crazy. This team could easily be in in the hunt for the playoffs here, and with Herbert getting like massive Rookie of the Year play, but instead he's just putting up great stats and great numbers. And then Warren Sharper talking about it today how they, how they pass really they've been really aggressive passing on first and second downs. And they were doing that in Denver, and then they got that huge lead, and they just totally went away from what was working for them and started playing not to lose, sort of old school, not to lose Tom Coughlin fourth quarter football, running the football. And then all of a sudden, the Raiders got a couple of fluky plays, Chargers settled for the field goals, and that was it. But I still feel like Herbert has all these weapons just like really singing at a high level right now. And I don't know if the Raiders defense is, is going to do enough to stop that. Yeah, I just, I, I again, I just go back to... You know, they, they don't win a lot of games. I like Lynn. I think you give him a chance with Herbert to continue the development. I mean, Herbert looks like his future. I think Lynn is a pretty solid coach, actually, even though their record would say otherwise. But needing them to win scares me a little bit. Okay, that's fair. I mean, this game would be plus. This is telling us to be plus six in Vegas. And honestly, I'd like that a hell of a lot more than being Peckham at home, as weird as that sounds. Do you guys know the Chargers home record this year? I'll just look it up quickly. Yeah, I got it here or there. Oh, and two, one and two. One and two. Okay. Yep, they're five and two against the spread overall. They're two and five outright. The one thing I like about this, and two weeks ago I liked the Bears on Monday night against the Rams. Didn't take it. They got destroyed. Uh, they came back and covered against the Saints this weekend. I liked the Chargers against the Broncos. They didn't cover. Now we come back on the Chargers. I don't know. It just feels a little bit similar. So I kind of like that. Yeah, and I just I just like kind of fading the Raiders too. I feel like they're one of those teams that just kind of wins a game, loses a game, wins a game, loses a game. They're average. They're not going to go on a huge streak because they don't have the defense to pull that off. And Carr is pretty inconsistent. But all right, Trav, what uh, what do you have first on your board? I'm assuming it's not the Chargers. No, I mean, I, it's I, yeah. I I guess if I had to give you my number one, I got a couple that are just weird and I don't love it. But this this is my number one. I think I don't feel great about it at all. It's the Saints getting four and a half uh, in Tampa. I like the trends here, getting 54% of the bets, about 80% of the money. The Saints have been favored in every game they've played. This is the first time they're a dog. 
If you go back to week one, they were four-point favorites at home against the Bucks. That would tell you they should be two-point dogs here on the road. They're four-and-a-half-point dogs. They covered easily in week one and are five and two straight up. I, I don't like the Saints. They're terrifying to watch. I, I hate everything about this except kind of those dynamics. Getting that extra two and a half points now seems like there's a little bit of value. Also, I think, you know, we, we expect this game's just going to be back and forth with the all-time passing record and that whole storyline. <laughs> uh, and I could just see like a low-scoring dogfight um, where neither quarterback is, you know, lighting the lighting the scoreboard up. Saints defense really scares me. The line was earlier or was higher earlier in the week and spit that down. So I don't love that, but um, that's kind of a game that interests me. Yeah, I'm really curious how the uh, the injury report is going to shake off this game. I mean, the, the, if the Saints can get back one or two of those receivers, I think it's a lot more interesting. But otherwise, I feel like I'm a little reluctant um, without, you know, Michael Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders playing. Yeah, and I will say that it's five and a half in most places right now, but the contest has it at four and a half, which is more yep. around where it opened up at four. I, I originally circled Tampa Bay because I just thought after a stinker on Monday night, people might be going against them. And that's proving true with whatever the trends are seeing, although the, the bets are 50-50, so I'm sure there's going to be good two-way action on this game. I'm just, I, Breeze, watching him in the Chicago game, it's just not fun. He's only, I heard today, he's only attempted 11 passes of 20 yards or more the entire season. Now, maybe that changes if Thomas comes back this game. I certainly like the more if Thomas is back. I think he adds a whole new dimension for him, on, especially on third down. But I, I'm flipping here. I'll, I'll join you on the on the New Orleans side, and, and I'll keep that around just because I do think Kamara is really unstoppable right now. These teams all know that he's getting the ball, and somehow this guy is open every single second or third down and streaking off a, off a dump off. I don't know how the teams aren't adjusting to cover it. I did hear somebody say that if anyone's going to have a good matchup to stop him, it'd be the the Bucks with all their speedy linebackers. But they didn't seem to do it in Week One, so I don't know if they're going to do it now. What do you think, Mark? Well, do, do we know the status of even uh, Godwin and Brown? And Brown is it, is Brown definitely playing? Brown practiced today, so I'm assuming he's on track to play. Arians was a little shady. He was like, it might be ten snaps, it might be thirty. It's not going to be fifty, but somewhere in that ten to thirty range, he'll be on the field. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just like looking at Tampa Bay's like schedule and victories over the season, like they they really haven't like beat. I mean, the Green Bay win was uh, you know obviously that was outstanding, but that's kind of looking a lot less uh, as good as it was um, given Green Bay's struggles the last few weeks. Like they haven't like beaten like a great team. I mean, maybe you could say the uh, Packers thirty-eight to ten, and then I think the Raiders would be the next best win. I mean, in the Raiders game was that was kind of uh, under the cloud of COVID. So I, I don't know. I, I'm just not sure how good this Bucks team is. But um, you know, it's obviously scary because they, they do seem to be the most complete complete team with a really good defense and uh, obviously good offense. So yeah, I definitely um, agree. It's it's scary, and again, Thomas would be valuable. The one stat that'll come up in a couple of the games here is teams with a rest advantage are 22 and 15 against the spread this year. So because Tampa played on a Monday night, New Orleans technically has a little bit of an advantage. It's like watching, it's like Chinese water torture watching the saints. I really hate doing it. But again, I just think back to, I mean, your point Mark about the bucks, they may be the most complete team, but they haven't really beaten anyone. And all of a sudden there's almost a field goal flip in the, in this line, you know, over the course of eight weeks when it's not like the saints are, you know, one in seven in that time. Seemed like there was value. I, I don't need to take this. I don't love it, but it just was a game and a tough week that kind of jumped out of me. And I was honestly yeah, I think, looking for dogs, too, because I got a, way too many favorites in my mix. Yeah, I hear you're looking for the dogs. The main reason I think I even circled Tampa Bay was I just thought this is going to be a very live contest dog. And mm-hmm. I just thought that 
more people will probably be playing the Saints in the Super Contest than are playing the Bucks. That's why I kind of like that side. But that's not a good reason to take it, as we've learned this year. Mark, what uh, what do you have at the top of your list? I'll start us off with the dog, and you guys are probably not going to like it, but I'm going to make my kiss. I like Buffalo getting plus three at home versus the Seahawks. Don't like um, it. <laughs> look ahead uh, for this game with Seahawks by one and a half. I just feel like after last week, everybody and their mother is going to be on the Seahawks. I think it's a good contrarian play. Uh, it's scary. Seattle kind of struggled on the road two weeks ago against Arizona with a, a mobile quarterback. I know... Kyler's kind of a different style of running, but I mean, Josh Allen's uh, similar running style that could pose problems for the Seahawks defense, which I'm still not convinced is very good. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a unique contest play. I assume the Seahawks will be a uh, consensus. So this is just kind of going against the grain here. Um, obviously scary, but I, I, my only note was I'm, I have no idea what to make of this game. I don't dislike it. I don't think I like it that much. You know, you said it will be a unique contest play that something that would that we should note from last week and we went five and zero, and I think the top seven picks in the contest went two and five. So, you know, we kind of had the prior weeks more alignment with some of the consensus picks uh, and consensus was doing pretty well, but you know, now if we're starting to, you know, get away from that a little bit, this would certainly be an interesting spot to take, take the bills. I mean, they, you know, the bills, you look at the last two weeks, beat the jets and the pats. Neither of those games was a work of art. But there are only two losses this year, are the Titans and, and the Chiefs in back-to-back weeks. So I still think this is a good team where there may be a little bit of value here um, because the last two weeks have been kind of not convincing against bad teams. Yeah, I, I could get on board. I, I would caution that the Bills injury report is really, really extensive right now on both sides of the ball, offensive line, secondary, linebacker. It's kind of been a problem for them all reason, all season, and I think that's why they have struggled and looked very subpar the last few weeks. So I'd want to see some guys getting healthier I was hoping for, you know, more colder weather in Buffalo, but it's supposed to be like 65 and sunny on Sunday. So that's not great for that side of the ball either. Although maybe it's good for Allen. I know Jamal Adams has gone track to play this week for Seattle. He, he certainly adds a new dynamic to that defense that they haven't had in a while. It's, it's terrifying going against Russ. He's good in the one o'clock hour, but, but I, I could be convinced by the end of the week if the injuries shake out. Yeah, I, I think we should uh, monitor the injury report, um, but I, I'd like to keep in the mix. I mean, just just for the uniqueness, um, I think it's worth considering. That's fair. I was going to bring up, I guess we'll just do it now, a similar game. I don't love it, but it's a similar line, similar two good teams going at it. I had Indy plus two and a half at home for the Ravens. 60% of the bets are on Baltimore. Money's more 50-50. We rode Indy last week. Their defense is great. I think Baltimore is just one of those teams that beats up on bad teams and struggles against good teams. I think they'll struggle running the ball against the Colts. I think that's one of the strengths, especially with Darius Leonard out there. Lamar is just good for a few bad throws a game. He's certainly come back to earth. I don't know if the league's figured him out. I don't know if he's hurt. But initially, I thought I was going to want to ride Baltimore here after that Steelers game. But those Steelers games are so physical. I feel like it takes a lot out of you as a team. Now they got to go on the road to Indy on that turf. Colts are pretty good. It's just terrifying with Rivers, almost just like it's terrifying taking the Bills. What did you think here, Trev? It's terrifying with Rivers. This was a light circle for me on the other side with Baltimore uh, and solely on the gut because this is, you know, Trent's favor. India is a home dog here, but I do love the matchup of the Baltimore defense against Rivers. I think that's the biggest mismatch in the game is the Baltimore defense against the Colts pass offense. Uh, both teams are really similar. I mean, these defenses are both top five in the league in opponent yards per play. And they're very average offenses. They're actually next to each other in offensive yard per play. 
Baltimore's only three and four against the spread and one and two is a road fave. So nothing to write home about there. I could definitely see the case either way. I think Baltimore though needs to get right game and this could be it with no elements in the dome to kind of slow down the offense. Again, maybe it's that indie defense is enough. One stat I'll point out and I do this every week and no one, it doesn't really register, but the AFC North is covering at a 66% clip outside the division and the AFC South is covering only 25% of the time outside the division. So this is a matchup here that would tell you would favor Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens, this is another red flag for the Ravens. They have to reshuffle that offensive line with uh, Stanley out and our old pal DJ Fluker moving to right tackle. So that's that's a, definitely an issue. So Ronnie Stanley was their, their left tackle, right? Yeah, and they moved Brown over from right to left, and now they're going to plug in DJ on, on the right side. Got it. I think the Ravens were minus four in the look ahead line. Um, so I, I had a light circle on them too. I, I, but I, I feel like this is such a hard game to read because I'm just not sure what the public perception is of both these teams. Like, is everybody off Baltimore after, after last week and on the Colts because they had that big win? It's just kind of hard to read the market perception of these two teams. Yeah, that's fair. I actually started with a light circle in Baltimore and then I flipped it because I didn't have any dogs. So it, it's probably... We should do Baltimore and nothing now that I've heard you guys talk about it. I, I thought I was being cute here. I was looking at the Colts' schedule. They've kind of struggled against good defenses. I think they struggled against Chicago. Um, they only put up 19 points on the road there. Know, something to keep in mind because I, I do think Baltimore is a, a really good defense. So it, it could you know, pose a problem for Rivers in that offense. Okay. Let's forget that. Maybe we come back to Baltimore if we need to. But but forget Indy. Mark, what else did you have listed? We're kind of out of out of games. I, I had some light circles on a couple others. I'll play I'll play Arizona. I think they're what are they five in the contest? Minus yeah, five. It's five. Yeah. Minus five versus Miami. I mean, this is strictly a regression to the mean game off Miami's performance last week. We all saw Miami get a punt return touchdown. They got a, a fumble return touchdown. Another fumble return. Uh, another fumble return to the one yard line. Um, just kind of a fluky game and. You know, I think we all watched Tua and we're pretty unimpressed. Um, so this is just kind of betting on that Arizona defense to to figure him out with a bye week to prepare. So I just kind of like this as kind of a bet against Miami regressing towards the mean. This was the next game on my list, too. I mean, you hit most of my points. You know, Dolphins have been really impressive winning three in a row, including twice against the NFC West in their last three games. So. This would be another NFC West game. Um, but, I mean, I agree with you. I didn't love what we saw from Tua. And that was almost more worrisome because they had they came off the bye. And so you know they spent two weeks getting him ready for that game against a defense that was on a short week, you know, off the Monday night game with the Rams. So they benefited massively from turnover luck. That was the entire game for them. Defense is good. But interestingly, in opponents' points per play, Arizona's a little bit better than the Miami defense. And again, going back to the extra rest, teams like Arizona off a of bye are eight and six against the spread and 22 and 15 with any rest advantage. It's just I, I liked Arizona. Arizona was number two on my list. I only shuffled it down because uh, the Chargers line opened at a pick in the contest and I thought it was going to be one and a half. But I love Arizona. I'd lock it right now. Tua did not look good. The only counter argument I've seen to taking Arizona would be that Arizona is one of the worst rushing teams in the league and the Dolphins have a really good secondary so they'd be prepared to guard the pass but Kenyon Drake's out this week I believe and I think Chase Edmonds is just better than him so I, I think the rushing game will, will be stronger with him in there Drake just hasn't been able to like get it done he's been doing too much dancing looks slower this year than he has in the past so uh, Fordham guy I'm, I'm down to ride with Maricopa County this weekend <laughs> 
do, do we think uh, I feel like these are like two like very hot teams, like in terms of just like the public betting. Do we think the public would lean more towards Miami or Arizona in this game? I would think Miami getting the five, especially in the contest. And the trends are 50-50 bets. More money is on Miami. Miami is definitely the sharp play here. So I think people in the contest think they are sharp. I don't know if people are that hot on Arizona, maybe just because of the buy. You kind of forget about them for a week or two, and everyone's talking about Miami and Tua, the defense, beating the Rams. It's t- I mean, it's 50-50 on the bets, and Miami's getting a higher percent of the money. Uh, the NFC West is definitely the better division, I think. I think Arizona's well, both. I agree with you. I mean, both teams could just be popular and good, uh, but I just struggle to see in any case, and I don't remember if they've ever been like consensus in the contest, Arizona. But it's just they they seem like an under the radar team, even when they're good, and they are good. So Tua had what two two turnovers last week? Just one fumble for Tua, but he only threw he only completed twelve of twenty two passes for ninety three yards pretty crazy that they won he didn't do anything and zero rushing yards so the mobility wasn't really a factor either granted i mean donald was pretty great and that defense was good and they and they really played it safe in the second half just trying to run the clock they were running on first and second down every single time and then Tua would throw an incompletion on third down but it didn't seem like it was quite near the level of uh production that fitzy was giving them and the, the the play calling was very very conservative for him too I wouldn't expect in the NFL for Tua for his um, rushing game to be a big advantage for him. I mean, he didn't really run a lot in college, and he obviously has a history of injuries. I don't think he's going to outrun anybody in the NFL. So I just I I think he's just a pure passer for the most part. I mean, he, you know, when something breaks down, he may be able to get away, but it's not going to be like uh, you know him and Kyler aren't going to be running around the yard together. I, I thought like Tua looked pretty slow and unathletic. A step behind it seemed. Maybe he is an ath- athletic quarterback, but just something didn't seem right. Um, and this Arizona defense, I'm looking, they're, they're 10th in DVOA. Um, so they, they can play, and I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's the right side for sure. The look headline was Arizona by six. So now we got a little point of value there. I'm, I'm still intrigued. All right. Um, I, I want to talk about another game that we I thought we would hit on earlier. It, are the Vikings at five and a half in autoplay if Stafford is out? What do you guys think? We don't know. Stafford himself doesn't have COVID. I guess he's within high contact, high risk contact with someone who is. So he's got to sit out. But if he tests negative over the weekend, then he can play, but he won't be practicing all week. So it could be Chase Daniel or David Blau. If the Vikings are laying five and a half at home against one of those two quarterbacks, is that an automatic play for you guys or not even? I mean, I I think you have to consider it, obviously. Um, I'm not sure if it's automatic. I'm I'm curious, I guess, what the the line that will be posted once once the injury situation is clear or the COVID situation is clear. I, I just don't know what that is. Yeah, it opened at two, and then it was sitting at four, so it only went up a point and a half. So they didn't think that much of Stafford, at least in the contest. There's no line on this now. There's no trends on it now. We don't know any information, and we probably won't until Saturday morning. Unfortunately, I just didn't know if it's one of those everyone's going to take it games. So we should just hop on and and go with the crowd. If there's ever a week for any, everyone to take it. It would be this one off the Packers win. That's why I wanted to stay away from the game. I could see it being popular if there is a, a switch of quarterback. And frankly, if it's Chase Daniel, like Chase Daniels made $50 million as a backup quarterback in this league because people think you can plug him in for a week and he cannot kill you. So I don't know. I, it's, I don't definitely don't think it's an auto play, but I would consider it. And you don't want to take the lions, right? Oh God. <laughs> no, we've been blabbed before. I think. 
We've been blood. <laughs> yes. Last Thanksgiving, he ruined uh, ruined my stuffing early. I, th- I think uh, Kenny Galladay is out for the Lions too. Um, yes. Just another stat: Zimmer's four zero against Patricia. I don't have the ATS spreads, but just four zero record wise against Patricia. All right, since you guys didn't have a lot circled, I'm just gonna start whipping out games that I thought you might have circled. Yeah, I got a couple more. Yeah, I got a couple more. Oh, one or two. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's let's hear them. Trav, start with you. So I don't like this game a lot, but Tennessee minus five and a half at home against Chicago. I can't be on Chicago again. Tennessee definitely showed some flaws last week in the loss to Cincinnati, and the defense has been bad. But I kind of like them off back-to-back losses. I think the offense probably outperformed a little bit against Pittsburgh two weeks ago, scoring 24 points. Uh, and the Chicago defense is obviously extremely good, and five and a half is a lot against a uh, really good defense. But I just think that Tennessee performance against Pittsburgh shows they can maybe put up points against a good defense. Their wins have been generally close outside of the Buffalo game. But it, maybe this is the wrong time to start going against Chicago because that'll be popular. But I don't think anyone's going to take Tennessee laying five and a half. Uh, and maybe it just seems really stupid, but they're getting 80 percent of the money against 50 percent of the bets. So it just jumped out at me. Yeah, I like those trends, too. Uh, I had this lightly circled as well. I, th- I think it might be the right time to, to buy Tennessee. It's a little scary going against that defense. seems like that Chicago offense has been a mess, and now with the O-line injuries, it's going to continue to be a mess. So I, I like the I like the spot for the Titans, too. Yeah, I, I like the spot a lot for them. This is going to be the game that I mentioned next. I just think when Chicago loses, I don't know if it's necessarily always close. We did see that Monday night game. The Rams kind of have a similar offense to the Titans when Tannehill gets rolling and they start pounding Henry. I don't know if the Chicago's defense is as great as everyone says it is. I do think you can do some things against them. I thought the Saints did miss some opportunities. Obviously, Breeze isn't taking any shots down the field, so we don't know how that fares there, and the Rams certainly were able to do that. And the offensive line injuries, if, uh, the only caveat is that the Bengals had a ton of offensive line injuries last week, and the Titans didn't make them pay for it either. But I do think them losing to the Bengals is a great opportunity to hop on board. And I don't think that people are going to be looking to fade Chicago after what they just did. I mean, they did just cover. So that was good, at least. It's actually yeah. a really interesting game from that perspective, because I think at 5-0, and people were like, oh, the Titans aren't really that good because they haven't beaten anyone. And then they lost their next two games. So I think people may be like, see, told you they're no good. And the Bears, similarly, like the Bears were sitting at 5-1, and one, and people said, well, the Bears aren't this good either, and they've lost their last two games. So... I don't know, maybe it's the same situation for both these teams, but at the end of the day, I think I trust Tennessee's offense more than Chicago's. And the Titans were number one in the, the contest last week in terms of game, game spec, That's their consensus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do like that. They they also made a trade uh, this week. They acquired a cornerback from the Chargers. And I guess he, Desmond, for whatever reason, he felt Desmond King. Yep. Yeah, uh, I guess he fell, he fell out of favor in the rotation, but uh, I was reading at least on PFF, he was like 13 out of 108 cornerbacks adjusted yards allowed per snap so maybe he's a good player and he can help that secondary because uh, obviously that defense has been struggling so yeah and they flat out released two guys this week too they released jonathan joseph and they released vic beasley so two former pro bowlers who just weren't working out with tennessee so obviously Vrabel's trying to shake things up i do trust him he's a good coach so this is an interesting play i don't think people are going to be on the titans here so i do like it yeah i agree what else you got for us mark we only got a few games left so let's hit them all uh, yeah, the, the only other one I, I have circled, and I feel like I circle this team every week, is the Carolina Panthers. Um, I was waiting for, waiting for it. Waiting for <laughs> it. <laughs> just roll, extended rest, uh, coming off the Thursday loss. Um, just kind of like the spot, getting 10 and a half. It seems like it's a, you know, Carolina's a decent team. I think Oakland or uh, Las, Las Vegas was getting 10, 10 and a half against the Chiefs uh, three or four weeks ago. Not in the contest, but that's what the line closed at. 
Um, and I just think they're kind of similar teams in, in some respect. Um, so it just seems like a little bit of value. I, I don't, I don't love this game, but just kind of trust the coach and the organization to kind of play well and, and keep it close. This could be an interesting game for me. If McCaffrey comes back, uh, it sounds like it's possible. So that I agree. That could be a, uh, you know, that, that could swing it a little bit. You know, Carolina off three straight losses. So there's going to be no better time to take them. Uh, they're getting extra rest. And we've gone over those stats already tonight. You know, Kansas city, as you mentioned last week, Mark is, you know, has some ridiculous record against the spread over the last year and a half or so. And even this year, like their average point differential in wins is 16 points. So I'm not sure that there's any value in this line, although I like getting the hook. And then I go back again to those division records. So the AFC West is 16 and 16 and five against the spread uh, and the NFC South is eight and 13. So I just don't, I'm not sure the values there. That's the only reason that I bring up those stats, but it would be unique. Certainly. I don't know what to think about this game. The Chiefs are awesome, and I think their defense is pretty good. I, I was really disappointed in Teddy and, and that, that team on Thursday night. That was that was a wretched performance against the Falcons. That that Atlanta defense is terrible. I don't know what the hell they were doing in that game, how they lose that at home, when they actually had a chance to, to make a move there in the division and in the conference. That was very disappointing. So I guess coming off that primetime dud, that, that the value is ripe to take them and get back on the horse with Rule. I just Is he going to be overmatched by somebody like Andy Reid? For the first time, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely obvious concerns because anytime you go against the Chiefs, it's it's really scary. But again, if we just want to be unique, I think it's a game to consider. I'm I'm looking at the rest of the the slate here. The the rest of the games that we haven't discussed are fucking terrible. So <laughs> like, games that nobody wants to watch. I'm just gonna read them out loud quickly, then you tell me who you like. But we the games we have left are Giants at Washington, Houston at Jacksonville, Denver at Atlanta, Pittsburgh at Dallas, and New England Jets. I mean. What what are you picking out of that slot? So I don't like either of these games. Just a couple of stats that may be interesting is uh, the football team is three and zero in the division against the spread, and they have the Giants this week who are you know continually finding ways to lose. The Giants are on a short week, and the this the football team's off a bye, so just you know laying two and a half points. I think people looked at the Giants and thought they played well the other night, which they did, but again finding ways to lose games little rest against the football team off a of bye. So that was one. And the other one is just a total shot in the fucking dark. And this is the wait, wait, wait. thing. Stop there. Okay. Are you, you're on the football team now? Well, I was getting three and a half with the giants. And now I'm laying less than three with the football team. I'm not on them. I mean, these are the games at the bottom of the barrel that we're just starting okay. to talk through. Okay. The other night, Travis is very excited about the giants possibly getting three and a half. <laughs> for that close game in, in Tampa. <laughs> But I was on Washington at three and a half. I love, I absolutely love this game at two and a half. This was the last game that I had even ranked. So I would be down to take Kyle on that defense against the Giants this week. I don't. There's Golden Tate stuff going on. The Giants are doing this like offensive line rotation now. It seems like just trying to get all these guys experience. That defensive line might eat that up. I, I think Washington like can make a move here in the division. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, I, I kind of like Washington. I didn't realize it was two and a half in the contest. That's certainly interesting. I, I, I do feel like last Monday night, the Giants against the Bucks, that was kind of like a, I don't know, not a kitchen sink game for the Giants. Obviously, they're out of it, but just kind of a you know big game that you get up for against a really good team in prime time. Um, yeah. So I get to kind of see a letdown spot going, going on the road to Washington uh, this week. Um, and Washington's obviously going to be geared up because they're in the division race, the division game. Uh, they lost to the Giants earlier this season. Um, so I kind of like the narratives behind this game and the spot for Washington. To me, it's mostly about the rest, because if I look and again, being a Giants fan, you pay attention to these things as painful as it is. But you know, you're right, Mark. This was a national TV game. Maybe it's a kitchen sink type thing. But 
you know, they've played their last three games have been very actually the last four games have been really close. And that includes, you know, Thursday night against Philly, which they have no reason to lose. They beat the football team the week before that by a point they should have lost. So the football team should have beaten the Giants, you know, a couple weeks ago when they they lost by one. The Giants had beaten or lost to the Cowboys by three the, the week before that. So they've played four really close games in a row. And before that, they played the Rams, you know, relatively tight. So I don't think this was like, uh, you know, they're they're trying to fight. They don't have a hell of a lot of talent. The defense has been better than I expected. Uh, again, the team on a short week against team off a bye. Do you guys think Washington will be popular at two and a half? It's hard to say. Right now, trends are 60% bets Giants, close to 90% money Giants. So maybe people are impressed with the... I'm sure a lot of contest players watched that game on Monday night because Tampa Bay was a very popular selection. So that would lead me to believe that they might think that that the Giants are a good team. I mean, they they got a job there at the end. That was definitely pass interference on two-point conversion. I don't know why the hell they picked that flag up. So who knows what happens. <clears throat> I know, yeah. but come on. They, they call everything, whether it's catchable or not these days. Yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be popular in the contest because... Uh, they're trying to rope you in with giving you the two and a half versus the three. If they thought that the football team was going to be popular, you wouldn't be laying two and a half. I think. I think they, yeah. they think the Giants are going to be popular, and they're trying to get people in on the skins. Yeah, the football team. Yeah, Trav. What was the uh, the shot in the dark game you were going to throw out before we cut you off? I don't even want to say it, but because I'm sitting here on Wednesday night in the fall watching the MAC, I'm going to give out a nod to potential Cowboys starting quarterback Cooper Rush uh, from the Central Michigan <laughs> Chippewas. The chips just just beat. Uh, I forget who the fuck they were playing, but they were just watching and playing right now. 14 points. No one in the world is going to take the Cowboys. You're never going to get better value on the Cowboys. I think it's impossible that Rush or Gilbert, if he played, would be as inept as Danucci was. You know, we heard all about Danucci's confidence coming into the game last week, and I think it totally played against them. I thought he was a nightmare. I think he thought that he could outsmart the Eagles and run around and do things that he just couldn't do. Uh, you know, Rush has been around the block. Uh, Gilbert's played in the AAF and had been on a bunch of rosters. It was a big time college quarterback, too. So it, I don't want to take the Cowboys at all, but it's just, you know, no one in the world is going to take it. It's funny. I have, I have a couple of stats. Uh, I mean, obviously, Dallas is 0-8 against the spread, and the Steelers are actually the only team uh, in the NFL to have just one loss against the spread. So, I, And I was also reading that apparently there's, in the past three seasons, the worst that a team has finished against the spread is 4-12. and um, so that basically means that the the Cowboys would have to go 500 the rest of the way to to go four and 12 against the spread for the season. You know, I, I agree. I mean, <laughs> nobody's going to take the the Cowboys. Uh, there's clearly some sort of value. It's just, you know, if it was anybody but the Steelers, I would be totally on board. It's just that defense against like an inexperienced quarterback is terrifying. Yeah, no one's going to take it, but nobody took the Jets last week either, and and they didn't cover. So I, I do agree, it's a unique play. I just. My, if this was Jason Garrett, I, I might be more excited to do it. But I think Mike McCarthy is just a complete disaster. And I, I feel like a lot of that team has quit. Uh, the receivers certainly have to be fed up because they're not getting the throws that they wanted. I think there will be a time and a place to back the Cowboys once Andy Dalton comes back. I'm just not sure I'm ready to do it against Pittsburgh. And and maybe Pittsburgh, you know, after a string of really emotional games, just tries to come in, run the ball do whatever they do to squeak by with a win and, and not cover. I'm just not sure I want to have to watch this game with that sort of angle and angst of getting a backdoor with the, whoever it is, Rush or Danucci or Gilbert, whatever. So, so they haven't announced their starting quarterback yet? Correct. It, apparently, Danucci was not taking first team snaps today. And as of Wednesday, it was, it was Rush and the, the guy Gilbert splitting the first team snaps. So 
Who the Jesus. hell knows? Maybe they'll do a rotation. I don't know. You said nobody take the, took the Jets. I mean, there was actually a bunch, like a, over 100 people took the Jets last week. Um, I, I do feel like this game, like everybody's going to be on the Steelers that are, that are taking them at least in the contest. I'm not saying everybody's going to take them in the contest, but I just feel like nobody's going to be taking the Cowboys. Yeah. It's obviously terrifying. It's risky, but you know, I, I would keep it as very, very fringe mix if we needed a fifth game. I would, if we're going to take Carolina, I, I wouldn't want to mix this one with that as well. I'll just yeah. throw that out uh, there. Yeah, right that's now. totally fair. Yep. It was, it was 42 people took the Giants last week and 42 people took the Cowboys. Those were the, the bottom two games. So at least one rewarded, rewarded you there for being unique. So honestly, like I like the Cowboys game much better than the Panthers. I mean, if McCaffrey is going to play, I guess that would change it. But between those two, I don't even think it's close for me. Well, so last season, the Bears were 4-12 and 12 against the spread. Um, and there was only one. They're the only team worse than 6-10 and 10 against the spread last season. And obviously the Cowboys are 0-8 right now. And just at some point, like the, these teams eventually start covering. covering. There's a question, is, is it this week? Um, but historically, it's, it's very rare for a team to go 0-9, 0-8 against the spread. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm somewhat sold. You're not going to sell me on a side in Jets-Patriots. I don't think anyone have a case there. Uh, no, no case. Um, I, I did see that uh, Massey Peabody Analytics said that they, for the first time all season, they see no value on the Jets. So I thought that was interesting. Okay. They've been wrong on the Jets all year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> and the, another note, uh, just another stat for you guys, is that last week the Jets became the first team since the 1984 Houston Oilers to start 0-8 with all losses being uh, by more than seven points, which is just like remarkable. They still haven't cracked the 100-point barrier for this season <laughs> in eight games. In eight games. Uh, Jesus. They're historically bad. I mean, well, as you just said, they're historically bad. Now, I, I will say... I guess Darnold was getting a second opinion. We'll know more tomorrow on his shoulder. If Flacco is involved, then I could be excited to go back on the Patriots because I don't know if Flacco can do anything productive on the football field anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Do, do you see Bill Belichick's comments this week like from the, from his radio interview with Charlie Weiss? About the salary cap? Yeah. 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 I, thought, I thought it was like kind of interesting and candid. I feel like I've never heard him talk like that before. So I, I overanalyze a lot of what I hear from him. And in this case, I mean, you know, he's effectively the GM of the team. So if he's going to criticize that stuff, then you would think, okay, you know, why are you throwing blame? But the other guy involved there is Casario. And he's always a hot candidate among GM searches. And I just look at this as like, he could be trying to devalue his guy by saying stuff like this publicly. And I always think there's an ulterior motive. So maybe I'm just totally wrong, but. That, that's kind of what I read into that. That's a fascinating take. I, I, I kind of agree with, it, agree with it now that you say it out loud. Uh, I hadn't thought of that, though. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. He is a Jedi Master. Just oh, not yeah. this year. Well, maybe he's the, just playing the long game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to stop with the Subway commercials. They're so bad. That was, that was the red flag right there. Yeah. Hey, that's what we should actually like, be a marker like each season, like who is in the Subway ads. Just fade them. <laughs> Oh, God, there are some awful games this weekend. The Monday night game, I can't believe they're subjecting us to that. But then Houston-Jacksonville and Denver-Atlanta. Houston favored by seven in Jacksonville. Atlanta laying three and a half at home to Denver. I think Denver actually might be kind of popular coming off that dramatic cover. So I do think there's a little bit of value on Atlanta there laying more than a field goal. And then the Houston-Jacksonville game. I don't know. Luke Futon is starting for 
the Jags. I don't even know who that is. Jake, so. Jake, Jake Luton. <laughs> Jake Luton. Wow. I'm so <laughs> I like your name better, though. <laughs> From now on, he's Luke Futon. Uh, do, do we know anybody, anything about, about this guy? He, he, he played like seven or eight years in college, I think. Mike yeah. told us, right? He's like yeah, a that's Juco right. transfer. And... That's right. Yeah. Chris Wanky-esque. Started out yeah. as a big recruit, then went to Juco, then went to Oregon State. Had a few decent seasons, but sixth-round pick of the Jags, so they definitely saw something in him. But I, I don't know. It seems like Marone's trying to use the quarterback position as yet another scapegoat to talk his way into shotgun, give, give another year at head coach. Yeah, I, I just want nothing to do with this game. I mean, I'm curious actually how it's going to play out in the contest. Like, I assume everybody's going to be on Houston, but it seems too risky to take the Jags. Yeah. All right, so here's here's how we uh, stand. We do have a bunch of games listed. I'm not going to include Minnesota in this list. We'll keep them off to the side until we hear more about Stafford this weekend. But aside from them, we have Chargers, Saints, Cardinals, Titans, Panthers, football team and then soft circles on the bills ravens and cowboys so that is nine games i think for me i like arizona tennessee and the chargers the best all favorites which i don't love also like with the washington football team more that it stands out and then i guess i guess i could ride dallas or carolina as a big dog i don't know what do you guys think trev i think i like arizona i agree with your top three but that would give us you know i guess technically the chargers are almost a home dog at pick them but i think i go back to the saints a little bit with getting four and a half just looking for for some dogs to get into the mix so that's one that i i think i'd like to keep alive and continue to discuss uh i think i agree with you guys mostly i, I don't know I, I was really intrigued by that that dallas conversation so I, I think they moved up my list a little bit i still like buffalo as kind of a unique play but yeah i think the yeah, the top three are probably yeah Arizona, the Chargers, and uh, yeah, what was the third one? Sorry, Titans. Titans, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I put the Titans up there for in the top three, but uh, I think uh, Arizona and the Chargers definitely top two. With nine, should we eliminate Baltimore? Uh, we could. I don't know. Probably the weakest play for me. I don't know. I feel like that's going to be popular at two and a half in the contest. Too. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. Now we discussed off air having one game that we lock on the podcast and we take no matter what. I don't, I don't know if we're prepared to do that this week, but we did talk about it, so we could try it. If I was going to pick one game that I wanted to guarantee that I think by Saturday I'm going to want to take no matter what, for me, it would be the Cardinals. I don't think I'm coming off of that game. Would you guys want to join on that game or suggest something else? If I had to choose one right now, I think I would choose the Chargers over the Cardinals, but I, I still like the Cardinals, so if you guys wanted to go that route, I, I could get on board. I still think, I mean, again, I just put them in my top three, the, the Chargers, but I still think I got to get there a little bit with the fact they need to win the game outright. The Cardinals, I don't see a lot of injury news changing my opinion. They're still going to have their receivers. You know, Kyler's still going to be there. They'll have Edmonds. Defense you know, is still relatively healthy. I think they have a lot of rest. So I think that's a good spot for them. So I think they would probably be the one that I would agree with Mike to lock. Yeah, we don't have we don't have to be confident enough to start this promotion this week. There's nobody sponsoring nah. it. There's nobody even Not listening. Yet. So forget it. Let's get to the announcers. Mark, I got no idea where people are going this week. Do you have do you have them up? I got them. Buck and Aikman. I mean, I know they're doing Packers Niners. Are they even going to send them anywhere else on Sunday? Uh... Do, do, would they? Do Seahawks Bills at one? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, that's a good call. Yeah, Buck and Aikman are not are just doing a Thursday game. Well, I'm yeah. not sure why. Is, is that because Fox doesn't have a lot of games this weekend? Yeah, maybe not. I know Fox has a big slate the following weekend because of the Masters, so that could be yep. a reason for that, too. Who, who is Fox's number two? Burkhart? Burkhart, yeah. And Moose? Okay. Where, where do you think they are? You think Seattle, Buffalo? Yeah. Trav? Well, I mean, you didn't agree with Mike. <laughs> Chicago, Tennessee? Uh, uh, Carolina, Kansas City. Mm. Wow. Mm. Who was doing the uh, the Seahawks-Bills game? Uh, that's Chris Myers, Brock Heward, Greg Jennings. A couple former players there. Oh. Not, a, not a Chris Myers play-by-play fan. No, me neither. Chris Myers gets things right every once in a while. A couple <laughs> every times once in a while. Are Romo and Nance doing Steelers Cowboys? Yeah, they are. Oh my god. <laughs> they must have been so excited about this game before the season, CBS. I mean, that's Ooh. that's a classic. We're going to get an awful lot of comparisons between Romo and whoever the Cowboys play at quarterback this week. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. not during the game, maybe, but there will definitely be like a, you know, tail of the tape type lineup thing. Is this Should, a reason to take the Cowboys? What, Romo being involved? Or the fact yeah. it's a national national game? Eh, both. both. Hey, it's part of the narrative. Yeah, why not? We, we didn't really touch on, I know we generally don't, is a Thursday game. I mean, I, I think it's just interesting given all the injuries that the 49ers have. I, I don't think I want to lock in all our picks before Thursday, but man, it, it's hard not to like the backers. Yeah, it seems like an automatic play. Definitely going to bet it on the side. I just don't. It's too hard now with COVID to even commit to to picking a game on Sunday by Thursday at noon Eastern. It's just impossible. So it kind of just eliminates it, which sucks because it is a really, a really juicy opportunity. But who the hell knows? Maybe Shani pulls one out of his ass. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. And, and everybody's going to be on the Packers too. So it's right to stay away. Before we get to trivia, where is uh, Ian Eagle? Ian Eagle. He is Charger, doing... Chargers Raiders. No, I guess not. Sorry. Uh, not Chargers Raiders. Chicago, Tennessee? No, but that's a Fox game, isn't it? I don't know. Sometimes they do switch around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Baltimore, oh, Baltimore, Indy. Baltimore. Yeah. 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 Easy. Sorry. So what, he's he's the number three or number two no, at he's CBS? The, he's the two. He's the two. Yeah. And, Gum- and Gumball's three? Him or Harlan, I guess I would say. Okay. I think Gumball's fallen dramatically from his perch. I, I, used, to, I used to like him and him and Sims together back in the day. That was the number one team. Yeah. 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 He gets you through a game okay, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, like Harlan's him. a great number three, though. I mean, Harlan. It, there's no, you know, you don't have to cry yourself to sleep at night being behind Kevin Harlan calling anything. No. I, I just can't stand Trent Green. I feel like he's, he's so awful. so vanilla. Like, <laughs> just just calls it like he sees it. Yeah. All right. Good slate. Not as good of a slate as last weekend, but the late games are okay if we end up with the Chargers and the Cardinals. At least we have two games at four, which would break things up nicely. And who knows? Maybe the Saints at night. So maybe the Cowboys at four, too. So yeah. before we get to trivia, I feel like we should talk about what we think uh, the consensus is going to be this week. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think Seattle would be considered consensus. Um, Baltimore. Yep. Um, I could see the Raiders being popular. Yes. Yep. Sorry, guys. Saints, Saints or Bucks. I don't know. Both are probably going to be top 10, I would say. Yeah, that's fair. You think the Steelers or you think the line's too big? I, well, yeah, it's probably too big. You're right. It Washington. could be up. It could be up there. I don't think. I think the are, Giants are going to be more popular than Washington. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, the Bears? Bears could be uh, it's, covered it's, last week. 
if you watch that game on Sunday, you would not be. I don't think the Bears are going to be very popular. Maybe, maybe Houston. I think people just like Deshaun Watson. That's the game no one's going to give a shit about. Yeah. I mean, you may be right, but maybe the Dolphins. Maybe, maybe the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I do think that more people in the contest are going to take Carolina than the Chiefs. It seems like no one ever takes the Chiefs because their lines are always so big. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. And all they do is cover. Well, they win <laughs> their crazy. games by 16 points. It's they're not giving them a whole lot of. It's wild. We're definitely not square with our list, as we weren't last week. So we're definitely trending towards the games we like not being popular. I think, which is a good thing. So, so we're not doing the podlock. No, we'll save we'll save it for next week. <laughs> what are, you can always what, what, come here for announcer breakdown and trivia. <laughs> Mark, can you draw up a uh, some sort of agreement for Stanley? We'll get the Stanley Lock Company. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We could use remember. a sound effect though. You know, a little like a slamming jail door or something. Oh yeah, it's, nice. it's oh, God. Oh, that makes me want to do it. Podlock. I'll fucking lock Arizona right now. Fucking do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right, Arizona. How about this? I I was going to say something political related. No, do it. I won't. Do it. Do it. I was going to say, this is interesting. You got Maricopa County against Miami Dade County. So (laughs) whoever wins the election, I feel like we should go with that. You know, that's amazing. If, you know, we know Trump won Florida. Um, Yep. Did well in Miami Dade. Just yeah, you very well. Because Miami did. Yeah. yeah. And if you enjoyed our political commentary this week, come back next week for our master's picks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're doing Podlock, Arizona Cardinals, minus Maricopa. five. Maricopa. Let's do it. All right. Now, I don't even remember what the trivia question was. I remember being a good one and thinking about it for like 30 minutes after we stopped taping. And then, so what no, was we the all, question? You, you did get it. You ultimately did get it, I think. Yeah. So the, the question was can you name the only team in NFL history to never have a back to back winning season? Oh, right. We talked about it off air, right? We talked about it off air. I don't think anybody submitted an answer this week, but the answer is the Carolina Panthers. Um, And that's interesting because uh, from 2013 to 2015, they won the division three years in a row. Uh, It's just that one year they they won the division with a losing record at seven, eight and one in 2014. Interesting stat. Really good question. I do have another question for this week. What NFL team has lost a record nine straight postseason games? And how many is it? You just said nine. Oh, shoot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I can't even read the question right. Uh, okay, uh, what's the team? So now we know the number. <laughs> uh, I can I give you the, the year that the streak began. I think it's the Cowboys. Me. I don't even know if if I need anything else. I don't think it's the Cowboys because they won a game somewhere in there. I don't think so. Why don't you each give me your initial guesses? Each, I'm, each I'm, give me your, your, your two initial guess, guesses. I'm clearly there. wrong if, if he's asking. Yeah, I didn't say Trav, who, who do you like? But, but give, me, give, give your, like, t- each two guesses to start. So you, you have the Cowboys and one other team, and let Trav go, and then I'll maybe give you a hint. I'll say, along with the Cowboys, I'll say the Bengals, although I don't think they've played nine playoff games since their Super Bowl runs in the 80s. So, But that's what I'll shoot with those two. So I was going to go with the Bengals, too, just because I feel like Carson made this, the playoffs a couple of those years in Dalton, too. And I don't think they ever won. They were kind of always that you know Saturday afternoon ESPN game, and they always lost. I, I think I would say the Bengals as well. I mean, I don't go back long enough to like some of these other teams. I, I think I'd say the Bengals. 
Can you get one more guess? You get one more, yeah. Oh. Um, I'm just thinking about teams that just don't win playoff games. Like, I can remember a lot of teams winning playoff games in my lifetime. The Lions? Okay. So that, that's your guess? I Well, the Bengals would be my first guess, but if I had a second guess, I think it would, the Lions would be the second one. Okay. So, Mike, your first guess was the Dallas. Uh, they actually won their last playoff game uh, versus Seattle. That was that weird 24-22 wildcard game in 2018. Mm. The Bengals was a really good guess. They, they have lost their last seven playoff games. They won their last playoff game in 1990. Uh, obviously, we know Marvin Lewis's struggles in the playoffs over the years. He never won a playoff game. Um, I guess he was 0-7 in the playoffs. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. They can't... They didn't win the Super Bowl in 1990, so they couldn't have won their last playoff game. Oh, okay. Sorry. They, in 1988, they well, they lost in the Super Bowl in 1988, and then in 1990, they they won a wild card game and then lost the divisional round. So I guess they've they've lost their last eight in a row in the playoffs. Oh, okay, got it. Eight in a row. And then the Lions is actually the correct answer. Um, really? I guess the streak began in 1991. Um, they've lost nine in a row. Nice job. I can't I'm, I'm impressed. They, I, I can't believe they been in the playoffs nine times since 1991. I would have thought that started back in the yeah. 70s or something. That's so Barry, Barry Sanders was definitely on that 91 team that won that game, right? Yeah, I think he would be. Yeah, he definitely would be. Uh, I'm trying he, to think when, like, the Scotty Mitchell, Herman Moore, Barry were, Sanders line. Yeah, it's like mid-90s. Yeah, 93, 94. Yeah, he, he, so they, they beat the Cowboys 38-6 to in the 1991 playoffs. And then their most recent loss was 2016 to Seattle Wild Card round. Been three times in the last 20 years in the playoffs. Three times in 20 years. It's pretty brutal. That's terrible. I feel like that their franchise luck is not talked about in, like enough, or their franchise uh, just struggling that much. Oh, it's talked about. Wayne, Wayne, <laughs> but Fontas. not on the Browns. Not on the Wayne Browns. Wayne the head coach back then. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean nothing's on the Browns level, but the Lions are awful, man. In the '90s and 2000s, they they just couldn't win anything. I guess Stafford's kind of like sort of legitimized them as like a average NFL team, but they still never make the playoffs. Yeah, it is interesting though when you start ticking through the teams in your head. Like I remember the the Lions have been in the playoffs, you know, a couple times in the last few years, but I, you know every other team when you go through, like you remember their playoff games. Uh, and the Lions, like, not at all. Yeah, not a script. I mean, they, did they go? Wait, did they go 0 and 16? Yeah, they went 0 and 16. Move I, over. I didn't realize actually they get to move over this year with the Jets. So, <laughs> well, yeah, the Browns went 0 and 16 as well. Yep. Or did they go 0 15? I can't remember now. Sorry, sorry, franchises. Going back to your Panthers question, so. That doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have two losing seasons in a row, right? They just never had... Right. They never had back-to-back winning seasons in a yeah. row. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, I, 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 I was trying to think, like, if the trends continue for that, then should we take them this week? Because they need to get back in the win column. Oh, but, yeah, it's not like every other year. Yeah. Yeah. Browns went 0-16 in 2017. And they wow. had gone 1-15 in 2016. So there was a period of time where, as a Browns fan, you were looking at two years at 1-31. Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson, yeah. I think he's is he out of football now? I think so. No, he's somewhere, isn't he? Maybe he's in uh, at Arizona State with Herm. I think he's a consultant no. somewhere doing something. Yeah. yeah 
Mark, you got any trivia to uh, leave us with this week? Uh, yeah, I can give the listeners one question. I think this is a pretty easy question, but uh, hopefully somebody will chime in. Name the only team to play in both the AFC and the NFC championship game. Okay. You know your football. You should get this. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of fan are you? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a one-point question. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll ruminate on it. You'll come up with some tougher questions for us to try and marinate on next week. Again, just to recap, we're going to be choosing between the Chargers, the Saints, the Titans, the Panthers, the football team, the Bills, the Cowboys, maybe the Ravens, maybe the Vikings, and the Arizona Cardinals are locked minus five at home against the Dolphins. Podcastpicks.co on Sunday to see our final picks, see how we're shaking up against everybody else in the industry. Let's keep it going, boys, and we will talk to you next week. Under an hour.